What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Roberti, the business freelance writer here. In this episode, we're going to talk about using public relations to grow your brand. How do we get this media exposure? How do we use our content to get in front of more people? A lot of it is tied to public relations, but there is a lot of confusion with what public relations is, how it connects with growing your business and getting more exposure. So we're going to untie it so we know exactly what it is and how we can use it to reach more people. Our guest who joins us today is the founder of Axia Public Relations, a public relations agency for national brands. It was recently named as one of America's best PR agencies by Forbes magazine. Our guest is a professional public speaker, accredited public relations practitioner, and Emmy Award winner. Our guest who joins us in this episode of Breakthrough Success is none other than Jason Mudd. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to connecting with your audience and helping them uncover the power of PR. Jason, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And PR, it's something that I feel like a lot of us have heard about it for uh, very early in our businesses. It's something that you get visibility, but there's a lot of interpretation uh, as to what that means. And I think with all this new media in play, uh, it can be a little confusing. So I'm wondering if we could just get a concrete idea of what PR means and how it relates to our businesses. Sure, absolutely, Mark. So uh, the Public Relations Society of America has a definition of PR. And, um, you know, I have my own definition of PR as well. Uh, personally, for me, I like to define PR as uh, solving problems and communicating about it. Uh, which is kind of a unique definition that kind of identifies a little bit of my personality style, which is problem solving. But the truth is PR is the best way to build a strong brand and great reputation. Uh, the problem is most people, like you said, don't know what PR is. And when they do PR, they tend to do it wrong. Uh, and so what is PR? I think for, you know, the, the more, uh, you know, the current generation, they think of like when they think of thought leadership and content marketing, to me, that's really what PR has evolved into. So, you know, PR started out about being able to tell your story of, you know, your your brand or your individual uh, through the news and through uh, newsletter and corporate communications type activities. And while that's still very, very popular today, uh, I think there's also a lot of buzz and excitement around uh, thought leadership and content marketing, social media, and of course, telling your brand story uh, through the web and websites. I mean, when you do have this, uh, I, I like to focus on problem solving because people, if you pay to get in front of people through some outlet and you're not solving a problem, like who cares? Like you can pay for exposure. There's ads, there's... Right magazine space. There's a lot of ways to do it, but you have to be solving a problem. So I really like how Jason, we're just getting to this very simplistic view of less about exposure and more of what does the viewer, reader, listener want versus just this big exposure play. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, um, you know, one of the biggest mistakes uh, people make when trying to do PR is they make it all about themselves. So the spotlight and focus is on their company, their brand, them as an individual, instead of shifting that spotlight and the focus onto their audience. So putting your audience first. It's as simple as making the audience the subject of your content, the subject of your messaging. So, you know, 
uh, we understand it's hard for you to be able to build a strong brand and great reputation. There's a lot of ways that you can use PR to build your brand. Uh, you know, we'll guide you through the right ways to do that. So our, while I was the subject in that exact, exact example, my emphasis was always on helping, right, and guiding and that kind of thing. And so, you know, um, I, I jokingly tell people all the time, you know, you ever been to that networking event where there's that one guy who's trying to hard sell you the minute he meets you, he's forcing a business card down your throat, a brochure wants to get on your calendar to help, you know, to uh, basically sell what you're you're offering. And nobody likes that guy, right? Um, or that gal. And they're not about building a relationship. They're about a transactional sales sale right then and there on the spot. I warn people, if you've never met this person, be careful because you might be that person uh, that no one really likes, right? At these different networking events. But at the end of the day, it's about getting to know your customer, understanding some of their challenges and relating to those challenges, and then expressing how you've solved that challenge for others before you start talking about how many years you've been in business, how many square feet your office is, how many employees you have, uh, and that kind of thing. You know, Get to know that person, build a relationship with them, and position yourself as a trusted advisor first, um, focusing on you know helping them and solving their needs. And I really like the example you bring up of that person who's just throwing business cards at people pretty much and just trying to do the sale because if you go to a bunch of conferences we've all been there where we do encounter this person and it's just something that you presented your offer to maybe a hundred people that no one really took action like it's not about how often you present it's about what the uh, conversion is and with PR, like I think one of the general ideas is that you are sending a lot of pitches to media outlets. And um, while there there's certainly a lot of pitching, I'm wondering, does someone who is just getting started, do they start with pitching right away or should they wait uh, and focus on content creation instead? Oh, that's a great question, Mark. Yeah, I think you want to establish your credibility and, um, and some visibility and why you as the expert, Mark. And I think you have to go through an exercise of, you know, thinking through what makes you different. So if you, and the other thing I would be is just become a, stud, a student of news and a, study, a student of journalism. So for example, on our website, we, we have a, our most popular blog talks about the 10 news factors or 10 elements of news. So every news story you see, whether that's in a magazine, newspaper, website, or on television or a blog post or something, is probably going to have 10 elements of news, right? Something that is newsworthy or interesting that's happening here. And so a lot of times you can write some articles, write some content ahead of time to establish your credibility uh, and establish your visibility. But the other thing is I would just study... Um, you know, think of where you really want to be. And I would say start where you start small and start where you are, do what you can kind of thing. Um, so instead of pitching the Wall Street Journal, why don't you move way down lower to the, the news outlets that are covering your industry or that are covering the industry of your target audience, right? Uh, don't try to go to market immediately thinking like you're the Walmart. So you have everything, every product and every service that people might want. Instead, niche down to where you can establish your credibility, where you can gain some clients and gain some insight that's unique. And then focus on those, you know, lower tier wins. Like, you know, when Tom Brady and the Patriots were at their at their prime, I would tell my team like, hey, don't go try to play the Patriots on your, your rookie season or your rookie game, you know, your first game. 
why don't you go play like, you know, I'm from Jacksonville, so I can say this, you know, go play the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, when when we weren't very good for uh, two decades or something like that, right? Go get an easy win, build your confidence, have some other samples that you can show versus pitching the, you know, we have clients come to us all the time and they want to be in the Wall Street Journal. The truth is the Wall Street Journal is very focused uh, almost uh, biased towards billion dollar brands. So they're writing about billion dollar publicly traded companies almost every day. Well, that leaves 99% of businesses out. And so while they do try to pivot and, and cover small business topics and, and tech companies that are growing quickly that you should be aware of, that's the exception, not the rule. And in order to be the exception, you need to have uh, you need to say things that are provocative, contrarian, and have a unique point of view from what everybody else is saying. So one, focus on your audience and being helpful to them. Two, build relationships with them. And then three, when you are speaking and you have opportunities, say something contrarian that makes you unique and different from what everybody else is saying. Because if a news reporter talks to five different people for the same story and four of them say the same thing and one person says something different, that one person is probably going to get for sure in there. And then two other people might also make a quote inside that story. And I really like how you, the, the football analogy, like I like how you just break it down and simplify. Like I feel like sports is a great way to simplify a lot of things. I mean, Wall Street Journal, they have so many pitches coming their way anyway. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I definitely like, I don't uh, read it a lot. I obviously know what they cover. I've read it more before, but yeah. I could see how there's a slant towards these mega companies like with earnings reports or something like that, something big in the economy. Uh, but the idea is that it's easier to get into these smaller opportunities. And even if you get into Wall Street Journal, it's like, what type of PR goes into that? Like, mm. I could imagine it has to get so personalized and personalization is good for anyone. But I feel like you have to go so much deeper with like a Wall Street mm. Journal versus a local news outlet. Well, all there's a cliche in, in the journalism business that all news is local. And so you're exactly right. And so, you know, I've had situations where maybe somebody is inventing literally uh, a healthcare technology product that is for, you know, physicians and surgeons and, and specialists. And they're like, let's get in the Wall Street Journal. And I'm like, do you think the, you know, the doctor or the healthcare practitioner that's going to be using this technology or recommending this technology is reading the Wall Street Journal. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're throwing out seed, right? And if you're throwing out all this seed and 90% of your seed is not landing on fertile soil, it's landing on concrete or something else, then you're really wasting your efforts. So while I love the Wall Street Journal and I love to have clients in it, you know, nine times out of 10 or more, the company that wants to be in the Wall Street Journal is really doing it more of an ego play. Uh, than they are anything else. And, um, you know, it's great to be in the Wall Street Journal, uh, but if it's not reaching your right the right audience at the right time with the right message, then it's probably just kind of a, a waste of time and energy. The other thing I would say is that when companies come to us, especially, you know, we work with a lot of big national brands, and when they come to us and let's say they're based, and I'll just pick on Milwaukee, right? So they're based in Milwaukee, and they want to be in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, CNBC, et cetera. If I can, if when we get them in the Milwaukee Business Journal or the Milwaukee Daily Newspaper or even a community newspaper serving the community, uh, you know, the smaller community uh, neighborhood, if you will, where the CEO lives, we'll get more enthusiasm about that little tiny community newspaper writing about the company or the CEO or something like that from our client than we will when they're in the Wall Street Journal. 
The reason is the Wall Street Journal is going to reach millions of people all over the U.S., very spread thin. Most of your friends, family, and neighbors are not reading the Wall Street Journal every day, but they're probably reading your small town community newspaper, right? And so all of a sudden, the CEO is at the golf club, on the golf course, um, you know, at the country club, at the car dealership, in his office, you know, hanging out with his friends. And they're all like, hey, great article I saw in, you know, Paducah today or whatever it might be, right? And, uh, you know, while the client's not hiring for that, we always earmark a little bit of our budget to do that kind of PR work because we know it builds that emotional excitement when their friends, family, and neighbors uh, see that type of coverage. And their friends, family, neighbors may or may not be reading Investor Business Daily, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNBC, et cetera. That's a really interesting breakdown because um, based on your analysis, it sounds like it's better to be a local celebrity versus this having an international ambition and getting in these bigger uh, newspapers, media outlets. Um, I mean, I, I like that focus where the neighbor, someone in your community could read the paper and want to learn more about your services. I think with the, um, like people can name off some of the bigger media outlets, you turn on the TV, you flip through channels. Right. Uh, some of us know big newspapers, uh, but how do we find some of those local opportunities and yeah. local media? Yeah. So just real quick, I want to uh, piggyback off of what you said in that, you know, a company should look at or an organization or individual should look at their own footprint. So where do I provide products and services today? Where do I hope to expand into? Right. But, um, you know, so not every company obviously just does business locally, but if they are a local business, that's where they should put their efforts in. So, you know, if you own a chain of dry cleaners with five locations within one metropolitan area, the Wall Street Journal doesn't make any sense at all for anybody, right? Unless you've got a really unique story that you're really passionate about telling that they might tell. But you'd be better getting, like you described, that local media coverage. So if you are local and, and you have a smaller footprint, then focus on that footprint uh, 100%. Where do you find these um, small uh, kind of news outlets? You know, you really just kind of beat the street and walk around, go to a library, look at the local publications they have there, go to a bookstore, go to a grocery store. Uh, go into a convenience store, look at their newsstands and kind of see, you know, what is what's out there and what people are picking up. Use Google um, and search for name of city, name of industry and search for, you know, news outlets, magazines, newspapers, whatever. You want to do several searches. And then something that people will probably be surprised to hear me say is, you know, go to the yellow pages, yp.com, put in the city that you're interested in, and then search for you know newspapers, magazines, TV stations, radio stations, and it'll give you a hyper local list of all of those um, you know organizations. And then from there, you put together a media list. You start hopefully building relationships one at a time, and uh, start consuming uh, what they are reporting on. Uh, look for the sections that they're reporting, what kind of content you know they're, they're putting in there. Um, who's the point of contact, who's writing about it, and then maybe invite them to lunch or coffee or comment on their articles or tweet at them or, you know, that kind of thing and just start building a relationship. Um, you know, if you want to get real, I mean, that's so simple. It's not very creative. It's more intentional and uh, and, per and persistent and, and following up and staying on top of it. But, you know, I was just interviewed on, a, on a, or just did a webinar a few minutes ago uh, and I meant to mention to them that, you know, one of my favorite movies is Hitch with Will Smith. 
where he's trying to get the attention of this girl. And the way he does it is, you know, one particular scene is he takes um, a walkie talkie and he has it uh, couriered to her office. She opens up the package. The courier texts him to say she's got it. And then as soon as uh, as soon as she turns on the walkie talkie, he starts talking to her because she's not returning his voicemail or his text messages. Right. So he's trying to break through the clutter. He's trying to demonstrate, you know, that 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 he's really committed to the relationship and he's trying to stand out from all the other suitors or quarters that she might have. And so similarly, you know, the uh, news outlet uh, on average, a journalist is receiving a uh, hundred news pitches for every one piece of content they actually write. So the odds are not very much in your favor. So you've got to do something different, something more creative to stand out and get their attention. You have to understand you still might get a no. I could be the best man in the Wall Street Journal editor's wedding, and he's still he or she is still not going to write about a story I'm pitching to them if it doesn't match up with their audience and with their message and with their brand. I think of pitching media like a batting average, right? So you want to you want to uh, be selective at the pitches you swing at, right? And so, if your batting average is uh, in, in in Major League Baseball is one out of three times you get on base, we all know you're going to the Hall of Fame. If you're a PR person and one out of three of your pitches get picked up, you're going to the PR Hall of Fame. You can count on it, right? What I don't like to see is, is PR professionals come to me and say, I pitched this to a thousand different places and no one has covered, covered it. And I'm like, whoa. I'm like, something's wrong with your message. Something's wrong with the target outlets that you're going to. Let's slow down. Let's pitch one outlet the right way, at the right time, hyper-customized for them. And it might be, as I mentioned earlier, you got to start with the lower level news outlets instead of focusing on top tier where it's most competitive. Another little rule of thumb is if you have a media list and you're alphabetizing it from A to Z, start from Z to A because everybody else starts from A to Z, right? And so if you think about it, like if you've got a prospect list and you're selling, if you've got a media list and you're pitching, you know, the people with Zs are going to get touched less often because people always start at the top and work their way down. By the time they get to the Ms uh, or the Rs, they're starting to get a little bit of fatigue. So, you know, if you're looking at a media list alphabetically, if you're looking at a media list by, you know, the top tier market in America, which is, uh, you know, New York City, all the way down to the smallest media market in, in America, which I don't know what it is. But, you know, maybe you start at number 50, maybe you start at market number 100. And you work your way up just kind of graduating like you would in a, a video game or some other kind of leveling up process where, you know, as you get better and as you get more confident, as you get your message tighter, then go play in the big leagues. But don't go straight to the big leagues, get injured, meaning harm your brand and reputation or discourage yourself. And then you just end up giving up. I've never heard of the Z to A. I mean, that just sounds <laughs> like hearing it is like. That makes sense because if you send your pitches and you get responses early, it's like the people with Z's aren't going to get as many people reaching out to them. So I really like that insight a lot. Uh, one of the things you were talking about earlier, uh, like we were talking about Wall Street Journal and these big media outlets versus the local ones. And you were mentioning throwing the seeds and sometimes you land on concrete, which nothing's happening there versus landing in fertile soil and uh, the seed's able to grow. Is there a way that we're able to monitor that? Because I, I think a lot of people who get into PR and pitching is it, just spraying a message, uh, not really having any idea if it worked, uh, if you got in somewhere, like not knowing if that worked. Uh, like, is there a way for us to monitor those things a little bit 
instead of making it feel like hope and pray. Yeah, for sure. So um, first of all, media pitching to me is a lot like selling and good salespeople know it's about helping others, not selling others. Good salespeople know that it is about helping people buy because people like to buy, they hate to be sold, right? Similarly with pitching the media, media, you know, generally speaking, they got in the profession because they love telling stories, they love reporting, they love knowing things that no one else knows yet. And so I think what you're describing, you know, so media pitching is a lot like selling and what you're describing is also what I call uh, spraying and praying, right? And by the way, uh, because media pitching is a lot like selling, that's how I know about that idea of starting reverse alphabetical order because I heard some salesperson talk about that. You know, I've learned more about how to pitch media really well by learning how to do sales really well, if that makes sense. And there's, there's a ton of sales training out there. There's not a lot of really good media relations and earned media uh, training out there. Uh, but going back to kind of spraying and praying, um, you know, you want to monitor the news um, of what they're covering, what are topic tips and trends that are happening right now that you could newsjack, i.e. hook onto and, and become part of that story, ride the coattails of that story. There's also uh, Google Trends where you can go in and do a Google search and kind of see what's trending on Google and then uh, tie your, your, your brand, your expert, or, you know, maybe yourself uh, onto those topics. And so, you know, you want to kind of go down several paths that, that might uh, be helpful to that. But, you know, there are services you can subscribe to. We subscribe to several at our agency for our clients to monitor the media and look for where, who and what is covering what terms, especially your competitor terms, your industry terms, and your own brand's terms. Um, so you can use media monitoring to monitor for your brand. There's no one stopping you from being able to monitor for your competitors. There's no one stopping you from being able to monitor for the terms that, uh, you know, that are being covered in your industry and then try to associate or tie yourself into those uh, those terms. I like that mention of competitors because you can see what media outlets they were on recently and use mm -hmm. that as inspiration for your own research. Uh, I've done this before where you look to see like who has been featured, where and you use mm -hmm. that as ideas for how to create more visibility for your brand as well. Mark, that's really smart. I'm glad you're doing that. The one caveat I would say that, you know, I talked earlier about most people when they do PR, they do it wrong. One thing they do is they go to that Wall Street Journal or whatever reporter, it might be, you know, Plumbing Today magazine, for example, and they say, hey, I saw where you wrote about X, Y, and Z. Uh, it would have been great for you to mention our company. Would you please, basically, they're not saying this, but they're ultimately, this is what the report is hearing. Would you please rewrite that article and include us in it, right? And no journalist gets credit for rewriting a past story. If anything, they get demerits, right? So they want to write future stories. So a rookie mistake I see PR people do is ask a reporter, go back in time and insert us into this story. The good news is stories live online for a long time. So if you ask them and they did it, then people are going to see your story. But the truth is, it's kind of like giving, uh, you know, the teacher giving the student back the, the report and saying, redo this work. No one wants that. So instead, you should just say, hey, I'm sorry, I missed my opportunity to let you know about our company. Should you ever write about this topic again, would you please keep us in mind? And if you have a good enough pitch and your, your company is truly interesting, maybe they would voluntarily say, you know what, I'm going to insert you back into that article or even better, I'm going to write another article where I, uh, the last article I talked about three similar companies, this one I'm going to write just about you. And I'll link back and forth to the two articles together. Boom, that's more of a win, in my opinion, than asking them to redo their own work. I really like the way you frame that because I received so many emails 
uh, where people are like, oh, I saw you wrote this blog post. Uh, it'd be really great if you could link to us. Uh, we Those emails get ignored. I ignore a lot of emails in my inbox just because yep. that's the type of messaging and we get those a lot too. I, I never really annoying. associate the two with what I'm expressing, but you're exactly right. That's exactly what they're doing. They're saying, I saw you wrote this blog post already. Go back into it, edit it, put a link back in there for us, and we'd really appreciate it. I'm like, you, you I, can I, tell I, it's copy yeah. paste. Like, I, I feel like yeah. if we got a message from the same company, we could like align the emails one right next to the other and it would say almost the same thing, just with the name. I totally maybe. agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Yes, you're right. So we've talked about ways to do PR, ways not to do PR. A lot of it stems from understanding that we're in a relationship with other people instead of viewing it as a transactional opportunity. And if you keep that in mind, PR is going to be a lot easier. I know, Jason, you teach a lot of people about PR. You help people with their PR. You help big brands with their PR. And you do some teaching as well. So I'm wondering if you could share with us some of the places that we can keep following your work and journey. Uh, could you repeat that? Some of the what? Oh, uh, I'm wondering if you could share with us some of the places we'd go to keep following your work and journey. Oh, thank you. Yes. So I also have a podcast. Um, it's also available in video format called On Top of PR. That's on top of PR.com. Uh, it's on YouTube. Uh, if you want to uh, subscribe there, it's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all these other places. So in fact, uh, last week, um, my brother sent me a screenshot. We were featured on Amazon Music as the podcast of the day, which we were pretty stoked about that. We had no idea that was happening. And, um, you know, just want to thank uh, Amazon, of course, for that opportunity. Uh, we also have, so there's three ways I would consider connecting with us. Number one is we've got this great uh, monthly uh, trend document we put out called the 60 Second Impact. So it's literally an email newsletter you can consume in 60 seconds or less with kind of three things that are trending in the news related to PR. Um, and that's called the 60 Second Impact. Uh, the other thing you can do is um, obviously check out our, our blog, our, excuse me, our podcast, like I mentioned. You can subscribe to our blog. And then something else that we do is a PR hack of the week, which is a weekly kind of short video um, you know, kind of summarizing a particular tip that we're really fond of or we're recommending. I think we've produced like 300 of those. So, you know, we've got just a library of those uh, shuffling through and that's called the PR hack of the week. So the 60 second impact on top of PR is our video cast. Uh, and then the, um, the hack of the week. And then we also have our, just our blog where you can just subscribe to our blog and get, uh, you know, weekly or uh, you know daily, weekly or monthly notifications of what we're writing about. But we're always trying to um, enhance the profession and advance the profession by informing and educating others about the power of PR and how to do it best. And we just love being able to give back to the profession in that way. You know, 99% of people are not going to be a good client for us because of our expertise and our focus. And I'm a big believer in you hire experts to do your work. Um, but if somebody contacts me and we're not a good fit, I try my best to refer them to somebody I think that can do a good job for them. That depending on the size of their business and their you know investment capabilities, it may not be a firm as sophisticated as we are. But I'm going to refer you to somebody I think can help you where you are. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, start where you are, do what you can, and then grow from there. Uh, PR is certainly something that's not instant or overnight. It is absolutely long term. Warren Buffett says if you've got you know it takes 20 years to build a reputation and a few minutes to blow it. 
So I would be thinking more about those that 20 year long term view of building your brand than taking those big risks um, that you might blow it. But I would also tell you that a lot of PR people are risk averse. And I think you have to make big, big choices uh, when you're doing PR to be creative. Just don't do things that are short term that are going to risk your integrity and your reputation uh, in the process. So at our agency, and, and I think for all PR people, they sh uh, you know we've adop adopted uh, core values, um, and I'll share those with you real quick. Uh, but I think all PR people should think about these core values when they're practicing PR. So the first one's integrity. Second one's idea ideas. The third one is relationships. The fourth one is results. And the fifth one is improve. And if you do all five of those things, if we do all five of those things, we should be able to retain clients, media contacts, and other important contacts, relationships, and our employees. We should be able to retain those relationships for life because we're doing a great service to them and the communities that we serve. And I love how we got a little bit of some core values towards the very end of that. I mean, Breakthrough Success listeners, if you enjoyed that little snippet, if you enjoyed this episode, Jason's got a whole lot more to give in the PR space. So, so make sure you check out the links. We will have them in the show notes. Jason, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for the opportunity, Mark.